I'm going down to South Park, gonna have myself a time. Friendly faces everywhere, humble folks without temptation. Going down to South Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the other castle. The other castle, it's so cool. I guess, should I say, we're heading on down to the other castle? Gonna have ourselves a time? This is gonna be the whole fucking episode, right? Oh, just, yeah, it is. This is gonna happen the yeah. whole fucking time. <laughs> Buckle the fuck up, kids. Because today we are doing South Park. The Stick of Truth. Awesome! I'm sorry, I, I gotta, I just gotta get it out of my system. I promise it won't be the whole fucking time. I completely understand. Ah, oh, cheeseburgers. I mean, it's been in the zeitgeist our entire lives. Basically, I'm very young, so yes. Yes. I'm so young. Not as long as The Simpsons have been in our lives, but... But still, South Park's an institution. It's impossible to not bring shit up. Right. Much like the game, we're going to have to kind of assume that you understand South Park. And like basic South Park, we're not going to get super deep cut, but, you know, Cartman's an asshole. Kyle and Stan are best friends. Kenny doesn't talk and he's poor. Yeah. Is that basic? Is that That's pretty fair? basic, yeah. Okay. Oh my God, they killed Kenny. And with any South Park property, I'm just going to throw some trigger warnings up at the top. So if this doesn't float your boat, we respect it. Listen to the Leisure About Larry episode instead. Yeah, that's going to be a lot less offensive. Believe me. Should we believe you? Is that true? I think that's actually true, which is really upsetting. I mean, in this game, we do have an aborted fetus Nazi zombie baby. I think that covers most of the trigger warnings, actually. Yeah. So, guys, there's just plenty of trigger warnings in this. So if you have things that you're offended by, uh, this episode's probably not going to be for you. It is South Park after all. South Park's not for everyone, but it broke our entire generation into being like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, nothing's offensive anymore thanks to South Park. Yeah. <laughs> but Because everything's offensive. Yeah, but if these are not a safe space. See, that, now that that's also digging in the South Park lore of like safe spaces and shit. So like it came back around in and of itself. But yeah, if that's a little much for you, totally respect it. If it's not... Let's get this fucker rolling. Right. And like, just to preface, like, I am a massive Trey Parker and Matt Stone fan who are you the creators are. of South Park. Uh, and I'm not just a South Park fan. Like, I do love South Park. I've seen every episode. But it's also, I think we are lucky to be alive at the same time as they are because they've given us things like Book of Mormon. They've... Despicable Me 3. <laughs> but they've also given us Team America World Police Basketball. They've given us some really amazing things. And... You know, you and I have seen Book of Mormon how many times? I've seen it three times. You've seen it four times. Yeah. However you may have heard many times you've seen it, I saw it one more time yeah, than you. Yeah, you've seen it one more time than I have. It so. was the touring cast. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it's still special to see. It's it such was... a, it's an excellent fucking show. If you haven't seen it, highly, highly recommend it. Even, even if just, you don't like musicals. Even just the music is fucking great. Like, they did a great job there. And it's the Avenue Q composers, right? That yeah. they worked with? Yeah, same guys as Avenue Q. Same people that did Frozen as well. The Lopez's. Yeah, the, the Lopez's. The EGOT Lopez's. And honestly, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are an Oscar away from getting their EGOTs. They've been nominated once. They got nominated with um, Blame Canada for their um, oh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. That that's got great. But they have not won yet. However, I'm sure once they do the film adaptation of Book of Mormon, that's where they're going to get their Oscar. 
they'll officially have an EGOT after that. And that was the year they took acid and one of them wore the Jennifer Lopez green dress and were just losing their minds on the red carpet. Yeah, they both wore dresses. They both took acid. Yeah, it was Lost great. Their m- oh, it is one of my favorite Oscar moments. <laughs> like, yeah, there's the Angelina Jolie leg dress moment, but have you seen those motherfuckers tripping their faces off on acid? It's pretty classic and pretty hysterical. Oh, it's so good. And speaking of awards, this game also won one of the inaugural Game Awards. Really? Inaugural Game Awards? Yep. Because that started in what year? The Game Awards officially kicked off in 2014, despite what The Matrix Resurrections will tell you. Right. Spoiler alert. That's not a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you the movie is not ruined because I mentioned that the Game Awards existed in that parallel universe. (laughs) Um, But in that universe, they imply that the Game Awards was around in 1999 it started in 2014. Yeah, that was the very first year in South Park was nominated for three, one for one. And I will get into that in a little bit, but I don't want to bury the lead just yet because we have a lot of fun stuff to go over. Okay, fair enough. That's absolutely true. We do have a lot to go over because this was the sixth South Park game that they had made. How is it the sixth? I feel like this was, this was the first big one though, right? This is the first one that they like. Oh, yeah. Were the other ones just licensed out to be like reskinned other games? A lot of of them were licensed out. The first game that they made was just called South Park. And it was kind of a first person shooter uh, kind of situation. But it was them throwing snowballs at each other and very cheesy game in a lot of ways. But it was just a lot of just voice lines being thrown out while you're throwing snowballs at each other. That's dumb. It was pretty bad. Uh, And so were all the other games. Any other game that came out was just licensed garbage at that point. And they've acknowledged that. And they kind of hate them themselves. Does that mean this is the first one through South Park Studios? Or at least had their hands in making it more so than the other ones? I would say this is the one that, yeah, they had the most hands on. The first one from South Park Studios. Yeah, absolutely. They got kind of kicked around with their studios, though, didn't they? Yes. So The Stick of Truth was developed by Obsidian Entertainment. That's the group that did Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords. Uh, They did Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, no, fucking dick swingers, like great dudes. And they straight up call it like in collaboration with South Park Digital Studios in the credits. So you know that they're really like fucking in bed with each other. The trick is with the publisher. So this was originally published by a group called THQ who filed for bankruptcy in January of 2013. Oh, no. This game was supposed to come out in March of 2013 originally. I was going to say it won the 2014 awards, so like... (laughs) So do the math. Yeah, this game was like ready to come out, and then they lost their publisher. Oh, shit. Yeah, so THQ filed for bankruptcy, and you know, you're kind of shit out of luck. You can't do anything if the person that's supposed to put your game out isn't there anymore. So this did go up to kind of sale and Ubisoft picked it up for $3.2 million to release the game. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Ubi was not involved until kind of the fourth quarter. And this also came into why the game was pushed back so many times. It was originally March 13, and it came out in March 2014 eventually. Got it. Ubisoft also did a lot to censor the game once they had their hands on it. Ubisoft is... They did all the Assassin's Creed, the Far Cries, Watch Dogs, uh, Just Dance. You know, it's their games. Oh, yeah. Their games that's in everyone's consoles. So they've been around the block. They know exactly what to do. They also know exactly what to not do. And if you're working with South Park, there's going to be a couple things that you do not do. Which we will get into. That is a big part of this episode as well. 
So Ubisoft was more sensitive to the European and Australian releases, and there's some segments in the game that we'll get into that were removed or censored entirely, but they they did some cutting and chopping, which is also why this game got pushed back quite a few times. I think another reason why a lot of things got pushed back was the original script for this game was 850 pages long. That's insane. It's like a David Cage script <laughs> like at that point with how much they wrote. I know that Trey and Matt had like a very ambitious look for what they wanted. Like, so if you see the original E3 trailer for this game, not a single aspect from that trailer actually ends up in the game. Oh my God. Like not one little bit of it because they were so ambitious with it that they were like, this is what we are envisioning. And then literally two years later, another trailer drops and it is a very, very different looking game. And it is almost <laughs> everything that you see in the actual game itself. That's amazing. So speaking of E3, this did come out at E3 2012 and Matt and Trey presented the trailer during the Microsoft keynote. Oh, damn. Yeah. No, they had the fucking center stage for this. Okay. Yeah. And it immediately was a crowd favorite. Like that was the fucking trailer that people talked about. Well, absolutely. It looked epic as shit. Like that trailer is incredible. And then you get none of it in the actual game. Nothing in the actual game. Just the fact that New Kid will be the main character. And can we tell you, E3 2012 was a fucking banger year. You had Halo mm. 4. Call of Duty Black Ops 2, like huge fucking titles. Oh my God. Assassin's Creed 3, Ubisoft's fucking going for it. Yeah. They didn't have this yet. Far Cry 3, the good one. <laughs> I, was, I literally wrote the good one. The good Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, the good Far Cry. Um, and The Last of Us. Like The Last of Us debuted? E3 2012. With South Park Stick of Truth. Yeah, and South Park Stick of Truth is the one that people were fucking talking about. That's incredible. And it sold how many copies? Like 1.3 million copies? The first week of sales... It was the best-selling game on all platforms in the UK. Goddamn. As of February 2016, 5 million copies were shipped. 5 million copies? And that is before they re-released it. They did re-release it in 2018 in support of Fractured Butthole as right. kind of a freebie. And then, you know, just a little tweaked here and there. They added the Switch to the lineup because it was originally only PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. So they added another console. But before that, they had 5 million copies. Like, that's a fucking banger. Yeah, because I didn't get a chance to play it until the remake, because as we've covered before on this show, I jumped on the PlayStation 4 like train as soon as it happened, and I thought that this game was going to come out on PlayStation 4, and it only came out on PlayStation 3, and then it took forever to get on PlayStation 4. And I thought that too, and me, trying to be a good girlfriend, drove all over Burbank looking for a thing that didn't exist, because I was asking <laughs> for a PS4 version of the Stick of Truth, and no one said that's not a thing until I got to Kmart. Kmart was the only one that actually knew? Yes, and if you know Burbank, I went to the Target on Victory, the other Target on Victory, the Walmart on Victory, the GameStop in the fucking mall, and then the Kmart. I went all over fucking Burbank. You poor thing. And no one had the balls to be like, you're looking for something that doesn't exist. <laughs> and I was just trying to be a good girlfriend on a Saturday morning. You know, I had my fucking muffin was like, I'm going to do something nice for Tom so he'll rub my feet later. This is all just purely so I can get feet rubbings. Right. But didn't exist. Had to wait. So this game came out, kind of blew people away because not because, you know, we were used to shitty South Park games. And then this RPG came out and it was kind of amazing. And speaking of how this game really did blow people away, so like we mentioned, the Game Awards inaugural year was 2014. The Game Awards are usually like December-ish. I want to say it's like the 
second or third week of December typically. So yeah. you get the previous year's releases, which, you know, usually are like spring, summer, nothing too crazy. They were nominated for three different categories. They were nominated for Best Performance, which is Best Vocal Performance, Best Narrative, and Best RPG. So Best Narrative, they did lose to Valiant Hearts, The Great War. Okay. Couldn't tell you what that is. Yep. Um, For Best RPG, they lost to Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay. But- I guess that's fair. That means Trey Parker won Best Performance. The first Best Performance. Damn. Okay, can I also tell you who the fuck he beat? <laughs> he beat Adam Harrington, who's Big B in The Wolf Among Us. Oh, damn. My boyfriend. Yeah. He beat Troy Baker, who's Troy fucking Baker. Who's just Troy Baker, who's underline. Won, who won this every other year, basically. Right. <laughs> he and Nolan North just go back and forth, and then the God of War guy won, and um, Roger Clark won for Red Dead. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so Troy Baker won for Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor, which people are still fucking talking about. Right. And this one really gets me. Trey Parker, high off his ass on acid at the Oscars, <laughs> beat, and this is for acting. Right. Beat Kevin Spacey for Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Well, everybody should beat Kevin Spacey. We should beat Kevin Spacey with a stick. We didn't know that at the time. But, <laughs> but for Kevin Spacey to lose an acting award to Trey Parker... That's that's some beautiful poetic justice. It's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I, that blows my mind. That's so fucking cool. And like, it's a person who constantly says offensive things versus somebody who constantly does offensive things. <laughs> so. We award the Joker. We don't award the guy that's doing shit. Right, exactly. But I think it's so cool that Trey Parker won the very first best fucking performance at the Game Awards. Like, that's, it's such a cool award to win. And, like, real actors go up against it. He was up against Kevin fucking Spacey. I mean, that's fair. I mean, if you look through the credits, however, it is the two of them doing 99% of the characters. A couple female characters do get voiced by others and a couple other, like, male characters. But it is Trey Parker and Matt Stone through and through. The IMDb is stressful because it is just Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And a couple of performers that usually do appear in South Park, like Bill Hader is listed. Right. And then there's voice clips from Chef Isaac Hayes. Mm -hmm, and there's true. voice clips from Hitler. <laughs> Adolf Hitler is in the IMDb page Adolf for this. Adolf Hitler himself is. I warned true. you guys. We put, a we put a trigger warning up at the top, so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> so all in all, this game comes out to about 14 hours of gameplay. And uh, it was a team of 50 that put this together. That's it? That's it. I mean, it's not too Damn. much bigger than what takes to make South Park. That's fair. <laughs> you know, a lot. it was made very much the same way, just with a couple different engines. They had more than six days to put, put this one out, so. And they were really inspired by games like Zelda, Skyrim, Final Fantasy, and then especially Earthbound. Trey Parker has said this about it, and he said, I haven't played Earthbound in forever. But I just remember something being about, oh, wow, I'm a little kid in a house and there's my mom and I go outside my house and I'm fighting like an ant and a little mouse. It started out feeling so real. I kept having in my head, do I really want South Park to feel like that? You are a little kid and you're playing this game and then bigger shit just ends up happening. I love that. I saw that he's also referenced Paper Mario as an inspiration for this. Yeah. Which I am. That is Weirdly, something I've latched onto, I am a big Paper Mario stan. They are fun games. They are really fun. Yeah, super fun They're games. They're darling. But the RPG element of it is fun to explore this world and be immersed and feel small in this whimsical place. 
Entirely. So, I think it's time to get into it. Let's go on down. So, you play as the new kid, who is a silent hero, much like Gordon Freeman, or classic Link from Zelda, or even, might I say, Jack from Bioshock. Oh, so Jack does technically have a line in the opening scene. That is true, but throughout the game, when you actually do play him, he is silent. Fine. So, that's your first Bioshock of the game. <laughs> I forgot we were doing bio shots. <laughs> Would you kindly take a shot right now? Thank Never you. Never forget. <laughs> so it opens with this kind of epic, like cinematic. It reminded me of the classic cartoon version of Lord of the Rings and uh, The Hobbit. Oh, it's entirely Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but except that the wizard ends up being Cartman and he's doing like all the narration of the nine realms and shit. What kind of wizard is Cartman? He is the Grand Wizard. Was that part of the trigger warning? It's a Nazi. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, not a Nazi. That's a KKK. Grand That's a Nazi with a different flavor. <laughs> Sprite cranberry is still Sprite. That's fair. So he introduces himself as the Wizard King, and he is uh, protecting a legendary item called the Stick of Truth. And whoever controls the stick controls the universe. Ooh. So that's your opening to the game. Then it goes into the traditional South Park animation and we meet the new kid and it is a moving van moving into a new house and we see the mom and dad and they're concerned about their son and if the move will be okay for him. Aww. They ask if, they, if he remembers why they moved and they're very relieved because he does not. Good. You moved cross country as a little boy. Was it like that? I mean, it was difficult, definitely. I moved, mm. But I was more 14, not fourth grade. Fair. Yeah, I wasn't, I was, but that's my little sister. And, you know, she more latched on to her new home than she ever did to the home that she grew up in. So the new kid decides to go out and explore his new neighborhood. And as he does, he runs into Butters the Merciful, who is being attacked by some elves. Oh, poor Butters. So Butters joins you and he offers to take you to see the Grand Wizard, Cartman, who lives at the Kingdom of Koopa Keep. Oh, that's the Kingdom of Koopa Keep. Yes, the KKK. He's the Grand Wizard. God damn it. He is the Grand Wizard of the KKK, yes. I like that they're like, this is just how we're opening. <laughs> Be ready. This is just how it's going, guys. This is the world building. Here yeah. you go. If you're offended now, just back out. Because <laughs> it's not going to get any better. I promise you. <laughs> so this is all set up in Cartman's backyard. And it's actually really impressive. Like These kids put a lot of effort into building out their little kingdoms. Oh, totally. And it's all cardboard, but it's they drew on the cardboard. You go up in the tree and shit. Yeah, these are much more elaborate than anything I ever put together as a kid. And we put together some pretty elaborate shit as kids. Like, yeah. It's pretty high tech stuff, but it also is still like shit kids could easily pull off. So when you meet Cartman, uh, he asks you what your name is and they let you type out what your name is going to be. And he says, all right, so your name's Douchebag? <laughs> And then you say no. He says, okay, douchebag, you are selecting your name as douchebag, correct? If you name yourself douchebag, you actually unlock an achievement called acceptance. Oh, I did not know that. That's really good. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. You get a little trophy saying you've accepted this. So now that your name is douchebag, uh, you have to choose your class. And so they are very classic RPG classes. So we have your fighter, your mage, your thief... And you're Jew. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, your fighter fights. He has strength. He uses swords and shit. You've got your mage, which does magic. And you have these ranged attacks. The thief has knives. And you get really sneaky. And, like, you sneak up on people and you steal shit. 
And then the Jew is kind of like a priest-like character, and he's a protection class with, like, heels. <laughs> I think I played as a thief. I think I did, too, actually. I've, I've played as a thief, and I've played as a fighter. But it turns out playing as a Jew is the only way to 100% the game. There is one specific achievement that you can only get as a Jew. Yep, and that one is the only way to 100% the game. So if you I'll... want to, you have to play it as him. The uh, costumes for the characters are taken from an episode from Season 6, Episode 13, titled The Return of the Fellowship of the Ring to the Two Towers. <laughs> I love South Park so much. Like <laughs> Tom and I have both played this. We played the sequels. We've watched every episode together. It just, it's just fun. There's a big smile on my face. <laughs> and so when Obsidian was like creating all the weapons and the armor and stuff, Trey Parker and Matt Stone would look at it and say... That's cool. Just make it look crappier. <laughs> make it look more like fourth graders could make this shit. Yeah. So they had weapons consisting of golf clubs, hammers, suction cup arrows, wooden swords, dildos. <laughs> but there's like bathrobes, oven mitts and gloves and towels with a, as a cape, as well as like fishnet stockings served as the clothing. So it was all over the place in terms of the things they were wearing. So the game was laid out to be like a JRPG, which is a short for a Japanese RPG. Role-playing game. Role-playing game, which is something that was kind of perfected by the Final Fantasy series, I'd say. That's fair. So it was a turn-based fighting system, which if you don't know what turn-based is... Uh, so turn-based, that's similar to Pokemon, where you can kind of strategize, you figure out what your move is, you make your move, and you can... Sometimes use items or heal or attack, switch things out, and then it's the next person's turn. You gotta gotta wait for them to figure their shit out. Yeah, absolutely. You're waiting for somebody's turn. Very that's that's a wonderful explanation of it. And this one you get a two person team. Like there's a lot of games where you can get like a four person team. It's just you and one other classic South Park character. So your playable characters that you can play with are Butters, Stan, Kyle, Cartman, Jimmy, and Princess Kenny. <laughs> It's very specifically Princess Kenny, too. I love Princess Kenny. He's beautiful. Yeah, everybody else breaks character. Princess Kenny never breaks character. <laughs> What's really cool about this game, too, is like the, the in-depth character creation that you get as well. Because even though it's South Park character, it is a lot of options to kind of customize your character and make you out to be whatever you want to be. And that includes up to 153 different weapons and costume parts. Holy shit. Yeah. But it's also how you level up your character. So your level, your character will level up to like level 14 and then you'll be able to get weapons and armor that are at level 14 as well that also raise your stats. As like boosters. Yeah. So that's how you progress the game as well. And then the other thing that's like the RPGs is that you get summons. And in this game, you get Mr. Hanky, Mr. Slave, Twong Lu Kim, which as we know is the city walk guy. Yes. As well as Jesus Christ. <laughs> You know, the dynamic four. <laughs> the classic summons. Those classic summons. Your first assignment is you need to learn your fighting style. So in order to do so, you have to beat up Clyde. As just the introductory, like, the tutorial level. It's kind of your tutorial level. Is to kick Clyde's ass. you have to beat the shit out of Clyde. Great. And Clyde is not happy about it. Why would he be? Obviously. Have you seen Clyde happy ever? No, and that's kind of the thing. If you don't know South Park very well, Clyde is not a main character. He's always a very, very side character. He has a fun role in the second game. Yeah, he's much. He's very fun in the second game. This one's not fun for him, though. 
So after you have proved yourself worthy, Cartman decides that you can now see the stick of truth. Ooh, he's going to show you his stick. (laughs) And he explains that they stole it from the elves two days ago and that the humans and the elves are willing to die for it. Great. Just then, the elves attack. The elves! So a battle ensues. And again, it's more of a tutorial and you learn a bit more about your battle system. And... I have to admit, as a fan of RPGs, it's a great battle system. They put together something that is just truly wonderful to play and easy to pick up. It was very easy to pick up. It's so user-friendly. Like, it's fun, it's engaging, and it doesn't feel repetitive, which is nice. Yeah. One thing I like about it, too, is where there's some where you just select your attack and it lets it go. This one, like, once you select your attack, then you have to do some more button pressing while you're attacking in order to make it a more powerful attack, which I really like about it. Yeah, the, if you nail the QTEs throughout, it's it kind of packs a harder punch. Yeah, the Paper Mario games, they do that. Hell yeah, Paper Mario. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's where they got it from, definitely. Totes. So the elves managed to steal the Stick of Truth during the ensuing battle. Fucking elves. And Cartman is pissed at Clyde because it was his job to watch the damn stick of truth. Fucking Clyde. And so he banishes him from time and space. (laughs) And Clyde has to go home. Oh, okay. So Cartman has a spot to fill and new kid is the new kid. So he's like, all right, you are now in the spot where Clyde was. Come on, douchebag. So he sends new kid and Butters and who he just refers to as douchebag, like you just said. All the time. Uh, out to find Cartman's best warriors. Token, Tweak, and Craig. The best you got is Tweak and Craig and Token. <laughs> oh no, we're fucked. Yeah, you should know by this point you're on the wrong team. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be Stan Kyle team. Right. That's clearly the A team here. We are on the B team. So as you're going along, you're meeting like so many members of the South Park like canon. And you have to get them to join your Facebook page. This is a 2014 game when Facebook wasn't just a cesspool. Right. (laughs) Oh, that's great. It wasn't embarrassing to be on Facebook at that point. Yeah. So, and like, there are people that won't even speak to you in general until your Facebook friends is like at a certain number. (laughs) I don't miss being in high school. (laughs) However, with this game, though, it does make some of them mission necessary. So like, it is encouraging you to make sure you are doing it throughout the game. And there are achievements for getting friends and stuff. If you max out, and I think if you get every single character, mm-hmm. your the achievement is called more popular than John Lennon or something like that. Right. <laughs> and there are 121 friends to add, eight of which you can only like have one opportunity to add them. Ooh. So the map is huge, and it's actually the first time that Trey Parker and Matt Stone ever sat down to map out what South Park looks like. Oh, they've only just done establishing shots and then like we'll cut to the school. There's no sense of like where things were in relation to each other. Right. Oh, cool. So this was the first time they ever were just like, okay, actually, what does South Park look like as a city? So speaking of the aesthetics, can we take a beat to talk about how this looks and feels and plays like you are inside of an episode? Oh, my God. It's insane. It's so beautiful. Like that was the idea apparently behind it, too, was like if somebody didn't know you were playing a video game, they would think you were just watching an episode of South Park. Oh, and it's so seamless. Uh, Like, the way you move, the way you interact, like, it feels like an episode. It's so good. It's one of the first times I ever felt like I was really playing a cartoon. Oh, that's beautiful. And you sat through Bendy. Yeah. (laughs) I really did sit through Bendy. (laughs) I was going to say played, but that's not what happened. (laughs) There's not a lot of playing. 
In bed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. It's a classic game, apparently. <laughs> Beloved indie horror. And one of the things I like about the map is that you have fast travel, and they use a character that should not be fast at all as the fast travel, and that is Timmy. Timmy! And Timmy is wheelchair bound. <laughs> And they have him zipping you all over the uh, all over the map, but yeah, there's like bus station kind of port like stops for him, right? Yeah, and then they have a really fun like hunting game that you get to play throughout it with Chim Pokemon. So it's very much like actually Pokemon. And this was before Pokemon Go too, so it's that's pretty right. impressive that they uh, had something that's kind of like Pokemon Go before Pokemon Go. This was two years before Pogo. That's right. So. The Chim Pokemon, that's from an, the Pokemon episode, obviously. Yeah. And they're just little fucking demented ass South Park <laughs> looking ass things. And they're tiny. They look like they'd be stuffed animals in relation to the, how big your character is. And they're hidden all over the map. Yeah. There's something like a hundred of them that you have to find. And the thing is, is that on the episode that they aired on, it was like in season three that it came out with. They didn't have a hundred, but they did make a hundred. And so the studio was able to use some of the old uh, assets from that to create out some of the ones that we never even actually saw in the episode. What a cool Easter egg. So they still made it to the light of day. Yeah, absolutely. And then they have some other little um, side quests, like there's Man Bear Pig with Al Gore, um, which is his analog for global warming. If you don't know about that kind of stuff, you really got to get into South Park to understand all that stuff. But you got to put transponders around town in order to help him find Man Bear Pig, and it becomes a whole ass thing. Because, of course, he's like, how am I going to do this? Let me employ a fourth grader. <laughs> no one else will talk to me. No one watched my TV channel. Yeah, that's basically what it comes down to for Poor him. Al Gore. <laughs> so you have to complete some small side quests to get Tweet, Craig, and Token to join you. Uh, that includes fighting some sixth graders. You have to fight some drow elves, some crack dealers. You know. <laughs> and we lived in Colorado for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That sounds about accurate. That's too. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Tweak's family owns the local coffee company and they put crack in their coffee, which just makes it so addictive. And, you know, when you're a mile high, you gotta you need a little more to get by. <laughs> if, you, if you hit the traffic in Denver, it fucking sucks. It's so bad. It's so terrible. Especially in the snow. Oh, Ugh. my God. So you get to explore other classic locations from South Park, like the school. The school is really fun to explore. I really have a good time on that level. So Craig is in detention with Mr. Mackey. Okay. Okay. And you have to go and break him out. Oh, that's great. And so you have to fight off a whole bunch of ginger kids who are all the hall monitors. Fucking gingers. Fun fact, though, if a ginger bites you three times without you blocking, you unlock the achievement gingivitis. Really? <laughs> This game has so many great ones. I'm so glad that you have them for scattered throughout the game because I like the discovery of them as well, <laughs> like you would yeah. in the game. <laughs> it's fun. Thank you for these achievements. I'm glad you, you're including these. <laughs> so now that you have the Warriors 3 gathered, uh, Cartman decides that the new kid is ready to harness the power of his farts. <laughs> With Dragon Shout. Oh, God. So this is one of your special moves, and you discover that you are kind of the best farter that Cartman has ever seen. Great. <laughs> but he emphasizes while you are doing this that you must never, ever, under any circumstance, fart on another man's balls. Fair. Yes, it is just the gentlemanly thing to do. Like, you don't hit a woman in the face. <laughs> I'm a girl, so I can say that. Yeah, but you also never fart on another man's balls. Cartman starts talking about someone called the Bard, 
a level 10 drow elf bard who is a lead on the location of the Stick of Truth. Okay. And he is going to be hanging out at the Inn of the Giggling Donkey. (laughs) So you and one of your partners, so you pick whoever you want to take with you, and you go to, it ends up just being some house. Obviously. But when you go inside, there is like a full-ass bar, tavern, like old-timey shit. Again, (laughs) these kids are really creative, and they're really good at what they do. When it's snowy in Colorado, there's not a whole lot else to do. Yeah, you have to be really creative indoors. Yeah. <laughs> so Cartman asks if the bard is available, which makes the bar go quiet. Ooh. And so they say that he's in the basement, and Cartman sends you and your partner down into the basement sight unseen. Avi. So you get down there, and you find the bard, and it's Jimmy Vollmer. Oh, is he practicing his stand-up? <laughs> he's trying to do a stand-up. And he stutters his way through it. If you haven't seen Jimmy before, he stutters. Um, he's on crutches and uh, he do- he likes to do stand-up comedy. But yes. Is it cerebral palsy? I think it's cerebral palsy that he has. So he's got a few things going on with him. And he will stutter forever if you don't um, push like a button prompt to get him to stop stuttering. It's very, it does very just funny. go on. <laughs> After a short battle, he like does his little hobble run away. And you find Cartman like near death. Oh, shit. He says they took Princess Kenny and they're going to take her upstairs and rape her. Jesus Christ. So you can't let them rape Princess Kenny. No, don't let them rape the other child. We're just talking about other children raping each other. Yeah. There's not like an adult. There's no adult supervision in this. No, no. It is all underage raping. Jesus. (laughs) There's nothing statutory about it. So New Kid fights his way through this poor house, which is like being burnt and destroyed and like <laughs> all throughout this kid's house. So you find a door that is unmistakably the sounds of Princess Kenny like being raped. Iconic rape sounds. But then you open it and it's Princess Kenny tied up on the bed and then some kids just jumping up and down on the bed next to Oh, him. thank God. <laughs> so stressful. So after you beat up the kid, Princess Kenny uses her uh, feminine charm. To get to where Jiminy is by flashing his little boobies. Sh- tell me how Kenny is dressed as a princess. So Princess Kenny is all in pink and has like this beautiful little blonde wig on and a little crown as well. Are we getting the iconic orange hoodie? No iconic orange hoodie. No. Wow. No, no. It looks kind of like Princess Peach. Oh. Yeah. Ken- Kenny is Princess Peach. I love but that. But all you see is like his big eyes through all Ugh, of this. Like Sarah Hyland. Just all eyes. After you beat Jimmy and get the stick, uh, Cartman's mom says that it's late and it's time for everyone to go home. Fair enough. (laughs) And New Kid goes home and he ignores, like, his parents are so kind and loving and he just blows by them every time. Oh. And yes, he's a silent hero, but like... Like an angsty fourth grader. They take it as him being kind of a dick. (laughs) So New Kid falls asleep and then a green glow is shown shining across his face. Oh, shit. And then his bedroom door opens and aliens enter. Aliens? Or visitors, as we call them in the South Park universe. Okay. Are these the same aliens from the pilot? Yes. They're real skinny. They're, they got black eyes. Yeah. They're bald. C- kind of classic looking aliens. The, the grays, as you would call them. <laughs> That's one of the things I really like about this game is that it really covers the history of South Park from like season one up to about like season 
whatever they were at when they were making this game. Yeah. Canonically, this does go all the way up to season 17. 17? <laughs> yes. So wow. the prequel to episodes to this game are the Black Friday trilogy, which come out in season 17. Oh, okay. That's right. It was leading up to like the shopping season of buying this game. Yeah. And it, and it kept it, getting delayed. Yeah. And there kept being plugs of being like, yeah, but you could pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's one sequence where Butters is like, who the fuck would pre-order a game? And then it cuts to like, pre-order the stick of truth. <laughs> Don't ever pre-order games. Cyberpunk. Everybody. Yeah. We have all learned our lessons. Never pre-order games. I also worked at GameStop when like there were physical copies of games. I could tell you even then, don't pre-order games. They never run out of them. Consoles? Different story. Still waiting for a PlayStation 5. Yeah. That's very true. Pre-order <laughs> your consoles, never your games. Anyway, back to the show. So the aliens abduct you, and they take you up into their ship, and as you are being dragged through their ship, you see a whole bunch of different South Park characters getting anal probes. Oh, no. And you are getting strapped into your own little chair, and you are ass up in the air, and they are going in to anal probe you as well. And because of your newfound fart power you're able to break their anal probes. Dang. So they go off to go try to find a bigger, better anal probe. And you kind of look around and you see that your roommate is none other than Randy Marsh. Your favorite South Parkian. My favorite South Park character, hands down. Hands down your favorite South Park character. I love that you're a Randy stan. I am a full-blown Randy stan and I have been since like 2000. (laughs) Was that season two or three? No, 97 is when the show started itself. So it was like a few years into it by that point. But yeah, by that point, I was like, yep, Randy's my favorite character. There's something about him. He's just, he's a little batshit crazy, and I've always loved him for it. He's got integrity. Yeah. So that's Stan's dad, if, if, you're, if you're unclear about that. Randy becomes kind of our guide through the ship, much like Atlas in Bioshock. Brown, 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 take a shot, take a shot, take a bio, bio shot. He wants your help getting out of the spaceship. As you're going through the ship, you're also finding audio logs. Does that count as a double shot? Oh, that's a double shot. Okay, chug. Yeah. <laughs> Bottoms up, bitches. And it's from some unknown character. And like this entire storyline, he's telling you, it's, it's just kind of like a commentary on audio logs in general. <laughs> and how they're used to tell like either important or unimportant backstory. And how you'll miss out on a whole bunch of stuff if you don't find them all. In Bendy, it's just a bunch of people bitching that they have to work late. (laughs) Which does lead up to his last audio log, which does give you a bit of a foreshadowing in the game if you do find all the audio logs. In the final audio log, he talks about finding a green goo and that he's going to try eating it. And then you don't find any more audio logs after that, but you do find a man in a tinfoil hat and he is a Nazi zombie. Oh no. And if you kill him, you get to keep the tinfoil hat. Oh, fun. This level you cannot repeat once you beat it. I missed some tin Pokemon in this one. I remember that. And I remember being like, fuck. I feel like I saw it and was like, I'll come back to this room. You don't get to come back to that room. Entirely. Yeah, there's a friend in there you can get. And there's also some chin Pokemon that you can miss as well. Bummer. But the reason you can't repeat it is because due to your antics, you cause the spaceship to crash into the South Park Mall. As it does. And this spills a green goo into the sewers. Dun, dun, dun. If you remember from the audio log, there was a green goo that he ate. 
this triggers a big bad government guy, as he's officially called in the game, <laughs> to receive a middle of the night phone call, and he tells the person on the other end to cover it up. Ooh, which happens a lot in Colorado. Colorado is a hellmouth. It is a hellmouth, and if you ever look into like the history of the airport and shit, like it's insanity. I think their state animal is Blucifer, it's, and it's as bad as it sounds. It's the Illuminati. It is New World Order. So the next day, new kid finds out that school is canceled due to the new Taco Bell that is being put in place of the old South Park Mall. Also very Colorado. We're not going to school today. There's a new Taco Bell coming. (laughs) But it's like very obvious there's a giant fucking alien spaceship sticking out of the mall. They're like, nah, there's a Taco Bell being built. Yeah. Cartman comes running into new kid's house and he's like, new kid. There's a tragedy. Sorry, he's always saying douchebag. I'm just calling a new kid. So you're not just screaming douchebag at me for the next hour? <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. Exactly. He's like, there's a tragedy. So you're like, right, the, the alien spaceship. He's like, no, the elves stole the stick in the middle of the night. Ooh, that's that's playing dirty. That is playing dirty because they did establish rules prior to this game that you cannot steal it in the middle of the night. Gotta respect curfews. Yeah. You're fucking fourth graders. So that's cheating, and so they need to retaliate. Cartman wants to resort to, like, real desperate measures. Of course he does. He's the Grand Wizard. So he tells New Kid to go and recruit the Goth Kids. <gasps> I love the Goth Kids so much. They are some of my favorite South Park characters, hands down. Absolutely. And I'm so happy they've, like, given them full episodes dedicated just to them. Oh, totally. Because they absolutely have deserved it. And I'm really happy that they give them, like, a whole storyline in this game as well. In your effort to go and recruit the goth kids, you go and they, of course, will not play with conformists. Obviously. So you need to look exactly like them in order for them to listen to you. Right. Because they hate conformists. Totally. (laughs) Love it. So the new kid has to go on this quest to find goth clothes that leads him on a path of destruction that results in him getting kidnapped by the elven kingdom. Of course it does. Which is led by Kyle. Oh, there he is. With Stan as his right hand. As it should be. They're best friend goals. So we're finally getting to see the other two of the, you know, the the classic four. Totally. So he tells New Kid that Cartman is lying about stealing the stick of truth. He said Cartman is actually just trying to stir up sympathy by lying about it being stolen. No way. Which is also against the rules. <laughs> I like that they were like, all right, we have to respect curfew. Like, don't be sneaking into shit. Don't pull some sleepover bullshit. Cartman, you can't fucking pull some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so now New Kid is obligated to tell people the truth about what Cartman is doing. Ooh. And if he doesn't, Kyle will tell everyone that new kid is a butthole. <gasps> no. Which Cartman's already just calling him douchebag to literally everybody. But butthole? God forbid. <laughs> but Kyle's going to tell everyone, you're a butthole. And he has more accountability in this group. So like, That's in fair. all fairness. Yeah. Cartman calls everyone a douchebag. But, <laughs> you know, if Kyle's against you. That's That's fair. That's fucked. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. So eventually New Kid has enough of an outfit put together to get the goth kids to join. And they tell him that in order for them to like truly join the group, we need to see that he is a true nonconformist. Hell yeah. So they give him a sign that says, fuck the conformists. And they say, go to the next town hall meeting. What the fuck? Turns out, at the town hall meeting, they're all mad about this new Taco Bell. Oh, obvious. And these are just the, like, these are adult townspeople, right? Yeah, the adult townspeople are all there mad about the new Taco Bell. 
So Randy Marsh is there, of course, and he wants the new kid who is a silent hero to tell the entire town the truth about the Taco Bell and what they went through the night before. But new kid's quiet, so... He's just standing there like... Since new kid won't say shit, the town goes to protest the new Taco Bell. Okay. After the meeting, Randy teaches the new kid a new fart technique. Ooh. And he reiterates, never fart on anyone's balls. It, it's the unspoken rule that is spoken often. It is the gentleman's rule. <laughs> a gentleman's agreement. New kid has to go to the crash site, and there are a ton of government officials there. And they're telling people that, don't worry, it's just a new Taco Bell. <laughs> you know, how the government shows up for Taco Bell openings. So one man raises his question about the new Taco Bell. And he asks, will this one be selling Enchiritos? This causes a panic with the officials. <laughs> they can't handle it. Because they did not plan for this question. <laughs> he calls Big Bad Government Guy, and that man's like, I, I have no idea. Just just get rid of him. Just ne get rid of him. Neutralize the problem. <laughs> and he closes the phone, and the next thing you hear is like a sniper shot, and you see that man's head explode. Oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> In true South Park fashion. Absolutely. And his wife standing next to him just goes, Mark? <laughs> and then everyone like scatters and runs away. You break into the facility, and inside that green goo that we saw before is turning people into Nazi zombies. Dun, dun, dun. As you were saying, they're using old Adolf Hitler sound clips for these Nazi zombies. To the point where Adolf Hitler is credited as self on IMDb for this game. It's so great. And one of the lines that they keep reusing is so strange that it sounds like it's Salsa Friday. Over and over again. But it's like a German line, right? But it's a German thing. But it sounds like they're yelling, it's Salsa Friday. That makes it whimsical. It's that my, makes the hatred whimsical. It's my favorite line that they yell out, yeah. <laughs> but the zombie Nazis yell. Now we have that to battle. So there's that now. Which isn't like the first game to do Nazi zombies, so... Totally. But it's just in South Park style. They're like, yeah, it's a video game, so we're gonna do it too. Yeah. After you discover the Nazi zombies and fight your way back, the goth kids agree to join you because you got a picture of yourself at the town hall saying, fuck the conformists that Randy agreed to take for you. So Aww. they join, um, but you give them the option to either join Cartman or Kyle. You get that choice a couple times coming up here uh, in the next few times. Got to pick your faction. Yeah, you're, you're basically choosing which one you want to do. So if you choose Cartman, he's told by Butters. If you're Kyle, he's told by Jimmy that the stick of truth has been seen at the school in either or other person's desk. Got it. If you're Cartman, you go and attack the school and it's Kyle's people are there protecting it. If you're Kyle, it's Cartman's people protecting it. New kid has to fight his way through a bunch of Nazi zombie children to get <laughs> to the desk. A lot for the stick. It really is, because in classic South Park style, things like start small and then just escalate and people <laughs> die. Like so many people die in the South Park world. <laughs> I love it so much. Once again, you're forced to make a choice of who you can trust as you get to the desk. Um, you can either attack Cartman or Kyle. And after the fight, they're looking around and they realize that none of their desks actually have insides. Oh. They're those kinds of desks that are just like a flat surface and then you can stick your books underneath it. They're not the kinds that like open up and have an inside oh, of a desk. <laughs> so they're like, wait, there's nowhere to put the stick of truth. Who said they were inside the desk? And then they find a note <gasps> on one of the desks. It says, check my locker with a locker number on it. So, Ooh. So they go and they check it. And the locker belongs to Clyde. Clyde. That son of a bitch. Who's been banished from space and time. Yes. 
Clyde leaves a laptop with a video of him with the stick of truth. Oh, shit. And in it, he's using the goo to make an army of Nazi zombie cats. God damn it, Clyde. He thinks that he has found a tub of green salsa from Taco Bell. Fucking Colorado and their obsession with green fucking chili salsa. <laughs> okay, but like, side note, green chili salsa was fucking everywhere in Denver. You everywhere. Can, they offered it with fries. They offered it with burritos. They offered it with fucking muffins. It was insane. It's fine. Like, I liked it on some things, but like, they it wasn't the it. end all be all. They were on everything. some breakfast potatoes. My God. But, ugh. Anyway. Kyle is kind of confused by all of this. He's like, why is Clyde involved? And Cartman's like, yeah, I banished him from space and time. So he's probably pissed about that. Whoopsies. Whoopsie. So they go to Clyde's castle and it's fucking huge. Oh. And he has somehow amassed like a huge army of like kids who clearly just hate the South Park kids. (laughs) I think that's generally what this is about. It's just like... There are a ton of people that they have slighted over the years, and it was probably pretty easy to recruit. Hey, we're going to go fuck over uh, the boys. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) Oh, Cartman and his crew? Yeah, done. Say no more. (laughs) I'm here for blood. And so there's this massive castle, and just as the battle's about to begin, the parents all step in, and it's time for bed. Oh. Because we respect the rules of curfew. You got to respect the rules of curfew. So New Kid goes home, and again, his very sweet parents are like, oh, we're going to be up to tuck you in momentarily, and he just quietly stumps off up to bed. He's a goth kid now. (laughs) Right, if you make him the goth kid especially. (laughs) So New Kid peacefully falls asleep for a nice night of rest until he hears the magical song of the Underpants Gnomes. The Underpants Gnomes! Which, when they see that you're awake, they all agree they have to kill you. There it is. But since you're so large, you make very quick work of them. Good. So they have their voodoo shaman gnome, Avi, shrink you. Avi. But even small, you kill them very easily. Haha, <laughs> stuck it. As a small, new kid like goes through the walls of the house, and he ends up overhearing his parents. And they're talking about how they have to keep new kid's secret to themselves. Ooh. Or he will be used as a weapon by the government again. No! Then his mom asks to be comforted by her husband by making love to her. Oh, I'm so worried about her kid. You should nail me. So now in the background, all you see is new kid's parents having sex. (laughs) And you've seen nudity, plenty of South Park nudity just right there in the background. I have a very distinct memory of seeing balls slapping up against her. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any achievements for us here? Oh, so if you stand and you watch your parents for a long time... You get the achievement, pervert. Oh, no! (laughs) That's terrible. I love this game. Right. I want to, like, it's got to be so stressful to 100% this game. (laughs) Right. You know? (laughs) They make you go through some shit to get through this game. (laughs) At one point, literally, uh, you have to chase the little voodoo shaman gnome, and you chase him all the way to your parents' bed. Oh. And you are directly underneath them as they are fucking. Oh. And so there are boobs and balls just swaying everywhere. Flopping around. Even to the point where there's a quick time event to like dodge the balls swinging. It's got like big dad balls. They're all saggy and shit. Oh. (laughs) So after you beat the gnome, uh, he gives you the ability to grow and shrink at will, actually. That's cool. Yeah. So he gives you like this little special sparkle powder that lets you do it. 
And then he immediately gets squished by your mom's boobs. <laughs> and you by your father's nuts. Oh. Then you wake up next morning in your bed. No explanation as to how. It's fine. Who cares? Kyle showcases everything that he has learned about Clyde's fortress. Fucking Clyde. He proposes that the KKK and the elves join forces to take down Clyde. Real sentences. I know. The, the things <laughs> that I have to say in this episode, it just it, they blow my mind. It's great. <laughs> I love it. It doesn't really go over well with either side because they both fucking hate each other. Totally. But they decide that even though they all hate each other, they do need to include one more faction. And that's the girls. Ooh. They also started to notice that New Kid has a pretty good knack for making a lot of friends on Facebook. Totally. So they're like, let's send him in to recruit the girls. Bitches love clout. <laughs> New Kid goes and he rescues some of the girls from an attack from some sixth graders. And That's good. Yeah, right? So it's a little bit chivalrous. And they're like, you know what? You're pretty cool. We'll take you to go see the Council of the Girls. I love the Council of the Girls. They're wonderful. Sparkle. Sunshine. All right. He presents the request to the girls and they say, all right, but we need something dealt with first and it's very urgent. So Allie Nelson was spotted at the abortion clinic, but Monica Ryland is suspected of spreading the rumor. So now new kid has to flirt with Monica while pretending to be Bebe's boyfriend just to see if she's trustworthy or not. Fair. Totally get it. I'm on board. You got it? Yep. Okay. Monica obviously instantly falls for the bait because who doesn't love like a silent hero? And he's goth. Yeah. Whew. Oh, yeah. Panties off. Let's go. And the moment she falls for the bait, the girls ambush her. <laughs> that bitch. With Monica's boyfriend in tow. <gasps> oh, that's good. And as soon as he sees new kid, he's like, I'm going to beat you up for wanting to fuck my girl. Avi, you're fourth graders. They're go on. fourth graders still. <laughs> this is great. But turns out Monica did not spread the rumor. So all's forgiven. Oh, okay. So now it turns out Heidi Turner is suspected of spreading the rumor. That bitch. Now the decision is they have to have a makeover for new kids so he can break into the abortion clinic and see who actually had the abortion. Fair. Because totally. he's going to dig through the files. Yeah. So now you have your makeover. You are a little fourth grade girl. Oh. And you have to go get an abortion. Avi. The doctor comments that you're a little small. So he gets you the booster seat. There you go. And then he goes to remove, and I quote, your little fuck trash. Fuck trash. Fuck trash. Fuck trash. Oh, my God. This is South Park, after all. Yep. And this guy doesn't recognize a butthole from a vagina. <laughs> and he goes in, and your butthole once again is able to break the machine. <laughs> the abortion machine. The abortion machine. So he's going to get a new abortion machine. <laughs> And you go to go th looking through the files to find out who is spreading this nasty rumor. And who do you find in the file room? Randy Marsh, of course. Obviously. <laughs> and he says that he thinks that the Taco Bell is a cover-up. Ooh, obviously, Randy. And so just as he's starting to talk about the cover-up, government officials show up and break into the abortion clinic. Oh, damn. And they say that their ESRB machine is going crazy. ESRB, isn't that the entertainment rating system for video So games? this is a great segue to start talking about the censorship that this game faced. Perfect segue. Excellent. <laughs> so, so yes. Depending on what region you're in, this next sequence plays out very differently. So the ESRB, as you were saying, is kind of the video game ratings board. And uh, yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine, this scene in the abortion clinic 
made them go kind of crazy. So I, I imagine there are plenty of things they had to cut out of this. But yes, so in the UK and Australia, this scene just kind of gets blocked out entirely. I love the way they block it out, though. Yeah, so in Australia, they put a picture of a crying koala in South Park animation. Because it's Australia, so the koala is <laughs> sad. And then for the UK, it is a picture of like a statue with like a face palm. Oh. And then it describes the scene that they had to cut out underneath like in text yeah so you don't really miss out you just don't get to see it you have to visualize it with your mind and then also in germany they did sue about this game because of the nazi zombies and in germany it's just straight up illegal to depict the swastika yeah uh you're not allowed to do it germany won so they did have to end up blurring that out yeah the esrb machine came in and went crazy (laughs) and so that's so good we played the American version, so we're going to get into it. We weirdly got the full version as the American one, which is usually overly censored, I would say. But America. We- Australia does have crazy strict laws with um, ratings, and especially with video games and stuff. Yeah, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone were so used to dealing with like television censors. They felt they had a firm grasp on it, and they were like, oh, video games completely different. Holy shit. Yeah. I no idea. Australia is very, very strict about what kind of content they put out. Yeah, because even in Broadway, you can put out literally anything. Nobody else cry at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but with this, yeah, there were some problems that they had to deal with with their game. Ubisoft is such a big player. They were like, we're not risking our licenses and shit for you. Are you fucking <laughs> We have like eight more Far Cries to put out. Calm down. Right, exactly. So suddenly there's a panic and a battle as the Nazi zombie goo has a sudden outbreak at the abortion clinic. Dun, dun, dun. So to escape the officials, Randy disguises himself as a woman. As he does. And you disguise yourself as a doctor. And you have to perform an abortion on a fully grown male Randy. There it is. <laughs> and if you botch it, the um, the officials kill you and the credits roll. Oh, but if you succeed, they buy it, and uh, it's still a little too late, but just in a different way. So the goo finds its way to the aborted fetuses. So now we have aborted fetus Nazi zombies. Jesus Christ. As I did preview at the top of the episode with the trigger warnings. Ugh. This is why we put trigger warnings in <laughs> shit, guys. I wouldn't want to just drop this in your lap while you're driving to work. Like, if you're at home studying for a fucking math test and this is happening, I apologize, but (laughs) you were warned. The soldiers and doctors are all getting murdered and eaten by the, you know, Nazi zombie babies. And then a monstrous Nazi zombie baby bursts through the wall, courtesy of Khloe Kardashian's gigantic abortion. I love that they just took an unnecessary stab at Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, that one. She, none of the other ones were involved in this at all. And at this point, it's kind of a bummer because she keeps getting cheated on. <laughs> I know, right? Like, her dude keeps having babies with other people. So it's like really <laughs> kicking her. So it comes in and it eats just everything in sight. And you have to actually battle and kill this giant Nazi zombie baby. Jesus Christ. But most importantly... You get the records for the girls, and they find out that the records are also written in French, because the record keeper at the abortion clinic was French. 
So you kill the aborted Nazi fetus, right? Yeah. If you fart on the corpse of the aborted Nazi fetus, you get an achievement called too far. <laughs> it is too far. It is way too far. <laughs> so you need to have the uh, files translated from French. And so they tell you to do the obvious thing and go to Canada. Not to Google? No. Okay. They send you to Canada to uh, go get it translated. And so after you become a victim of child pornography to get your passport, Oh, it's a side mission. We're not even going to get into that one. <laughs> we didn't even bring that up in the trigger warning. Yeah, because again, it's almost too dark to get into. Yeah. Almost. We were cool getting into the aborted Nazi fetus battle. This is too much. You get into Canada. How do you get to Canada from Colorado? You go north. Okay. And then you go north. Uh-huh. And then you go north. Yes. And then you go north one more time. Got it. And then you're in Canada. Perf. Yes. Once you're there... It becomes a 16-bit game. Stop. Sometimes 8-bit. But yes, it is like this weird middle ground between 16 and 8-bit pixelated classic JRPG. That's great. Yeah, top-down, pixels. It looks great. I love this whole sequence because it really took me back, actually. And it looks like a dungeon almost. Yeah, and you go through towns, you go through entire cities of Quebec and Vancouver and just all over Canada and they're laid out like little Final Fantasy towns, but like the very, very classic ones. And you talk to people and have to like work your way through it. It's fantastic. I love this whole sequence. You have to search all of Canada and... All you... of Canada? It's literally all of Canada. They're sending you all over the place. I'm not going to get too much into this, but you've got to take the nuts off of a bishop at some point. It's dark and weird. But you do eventually run into Canada's most famous couple. Oh, Terrence and Philip. Oh, love it. I was like, Atlantis and Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> no. No. So you being, you know, a fart king, they are very impressed by you. Obviously. And they want to teach you another fart technique. <gasps> From the masters. The masters. And they do like a whole like matrix like teaching moment. It's pretty great. When they're in the white room and shit. Yeah. So they're like Morpheus and they're teaching you how to do it. So you get a new farting ability. And once they teach you the new farting ability, they remind you never to fart on another man's balls. It's an international rule. It is the gentlemanly rule. Got it. Okay. Once you do that, they actually manage to get you to um, translate your thing and you get back to the girls and we find out Heidi Turner was the lying whore who had been at the abortion clinic. Fucking Heidi Turner. But they've already forgiven her, so that's fine. Oh, so it's cool. Yeah. Got and it. they agree to join the boys. Yay! Now, with an army to rival Clyde's, they march on Clyde's castle. Perfect. Love it. New Kid fights his way through the castle, working his, through the kids, like, all through South Park cannons. It's great. This is where you kind of, like, round out the last of some of your little add-ons for Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, this one's really fun. So eventually, they do find Stan's dad... Randy Marsh. Yeah. Always involved. Always involved. And he runs up and he goes, my favorite kid is here. And Stan goes, dad. And he pushes Stan aside and he goes, new kid. <laughs> this is why you love Randy so much. He is pure chaos. He is a chaos milkshake with a fucking cherry on top. He's so wonderful. I love him so much. <laughs> he pushes his own child aside. and says his favorite kid is here. A kid oh. who's never spoken to him. 
He's never said a word to him. Not once. Abortions really bring people together. Right. <laughs> what it turns out, here's what Randy has to say, Got is it. that somebody has brought a snook. A snook! Now, if you don't know what a snook is, a snook is a uh, nuclear bomb. Oh, shit. That has been snuck up somebody's orifice. Oh, no. It comes from a classic South Park episode in which somebody snuck a snook up the snatch of Oprah Winfrey. Avi. Yes, and they had to disarm the bomb before it blew up Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) Of course. So they brought the snook from that into this game. Just then, Mr. Slave appears, and he explains that, and, like, he appears tied up to, like, a wooden pole. Just, like, right off screen, as if he had been there the whole time, we just never noticed him yet. (laughs) And he's like, oh, somebody put something like that up my butt (laughs) a little earlier. Hey, guys. (laughs) That's great. And so everybody looks around. They're like, gosh, it'd be great if we knew somebody that could turn really tiny that could go up there and turn it off. Cough, cough. Anybody we know? Anybody that can turn really tiny? And they all just kind of look at New Kid. And so (laughs) you have the option to just wander away and be like, nope, fuck that. I'm off. What happens if you do that? The snook explodes and the game's over. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you obviously have to go and become very small and go inside of the uh, the anal cavity of Mr. Slave. While you're inside Mr. Slave, if you summon Mr. Slave, you unlock the achievement inside joke. Really? Damn, that's good. That's so good. Thank you for this. I did not know that. There's so much. It's so, like, if you do something ironic or clever, the game will reward you. (laughs) It's great. I love that. So, New Kid gets really small, and he goes inside Mr. Slave's asshole. And we encounter some things that are just too complicated and disgusting that I don't want to describe them, honestly. Fair. But, like, here's the easy things to describe. So, there's shoes. There's vibrators. There's Nazi sludge. Easy stuff. Got it. There are human security guards. And the ghosts of animals that have died inside of Mr. Slave's ass. Oh, These are the easy things to explain that we see. Yep. In order to stop the snook from blowing up, New Kid has to perform an abortion on it. He's already had some practice on his boy Randy. This is great. <laughs> now, I did look it up. The snook is not voiced by GLaDOS from Portal, but this sounds like... Note for note, exactly like GLaDOS. Oh, I love that. The entire time. You monster. Yeah. So again, if you fuck this up, you can blow it up and end the game. Credits roll. It's over. That's great. But if you succeed, you get to climb out of Mr. Slave's asshole and move on to Clyde to save South Park from turning everybody into Nazi zombies. Smelling great. So again, he reiterates that he just thought it was the green sauce from the crash site. And everyone's <laughs> like, no, you dumbass. This is turning everybody into like literal Nazi zombies. Clyde unleashes it on a mysterious coffin. Ooh. And the coffin starts to shake and rumble and outbursts Nazi zombie chef. <gasps> Isaac Hayes. Who canonically in like the South Park universe was killed off years ago and he was killed off because he left the show because he left the show due to some controversy they made fun of his religion which is um religion (laughs) which which is scientology they did a big episode about scientology if you don't know the whole history of it it's very fascinating but yes he did leave over creative differences 
You know, I think that's safe to say. Mm -hmm. His religion is creative in that it's not real, and they made fun of it reasonably. And so when he left the show, they killed off his character. But then the actor and, and, you know, performer died himself. But they did bring back this character for the video game, and they used some old lines from the TV show. Um, They also throw in some Hitler lines to dub over with (laughs) Chef. And he's also credited, Isaac Hayes does have this as an IMDb post humorously. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, but I, I think they do get a little. You get a little bit of money if something, some of your work comes back around. From I would hope so for his the family. Back to the Future law. <laughs> so after you beat him, uh, Cartman actually throws Clyde off the castle. Oh shit! Like from the fucking top. Like no joke. Hell yeah! Once again, banishing him from space and time. Clyde fucked everything up. In all fairness, he really did. But just then, big bad military guy shows up. Oh no! And he drops in, and he starts referring to New Kid as the Dragonborn. Oh. And everyone is looking around like, what's happening now? We thought Clyde was the bad guy. What? Who are you? What does yeah. this have to do with anything? <laughs> You're new. And then Big Bad Military Guy starts calling New Kid Dovakin. Dovakin. <laughs> like some weird-ass name. <laughs> and he realizes that New Kid doesn't remember shit. And he starts talking about the UFO that crashed... And tells the boys about the Roswell crash. Oh, shit. And basically his organization is the Men in Black. Whenever there's, like, weird occurrences, they show up to, like, investigate it. When there's trouble, you call DW. (laughs) So he talks about the first time that he met the new kid and how he had slipped through his fingers. Ooh. And the kids think that everything that this guy's talking about is the fart powers. Yeah. It's not the case. Oh. It's actually... His ability to make friends on Facebook. Obviously. (laughs) His clout. But he got away. And before he had, he had 3.2 billion friends on Facebook. Like Tila Tequila. (laughs) That's That's too dated for anyone who's listening to this. That's a MySpace reference. I'm so sorry for who I am. I was trying to say I was young at the top of this episode. I'm clearly not. So the kids don't care about any of that, like at all. And they're only mad that the big bad military guy is holding the stick of truth. Yeah, totally. Because in, in like all the chaos, for some reason, he's picked it up. He looks at it, he goes, why? What does this thing do? And they say, whoever holds it controls the universe. And so he takes this very seriously. Of course he does. And he's like, wait, I control the universe now? And he strips down completely naked, and we do see old, old, old man penis and balls. There's so many balls in this. Flopping around, and he dances away naked with the stick. all excited it's like yes i control the universe now i don't need any of you (laughs) so big bad military guy can't figure out how to make the stick work oh and he's like all right obviously i need one of you kids to teach me how to make the stick so he wants new kid to join him by his side and new kids like nah fuck that yeah all the other kids are like no we're not going to join your side how about i not follow the naked man but one does (gasps) princess kenny god damn breaks the lines and he goes and he joins the big bad military guy. Princess Kenny. And everybody looks at Princess Kenny and goes, Princess Kenny, why, why, why? And then Morgan Freeman shows up. Oh. As he does in the South Park universe. He likes to explain things. He explains the very long, very overly complicated backstory of Princess Kenny. I don't know. It has something to do with being half orc. But I'm not going to get into it. But it has to do with why he is now betraying everybody and taking sides with the stick of truth. So now you must fight anime Princess Kenny. 
I love this sequence so much just for the fucking music. Yeah, the art style, the music, everything goes super anime on it. If you know South Park, there was an anime episode where they just did this really cute Kenny sequence. They did it again in the game, and it looks really great. It's really fun. Hell yeah. Here's the thing. If you fight Kenny, canonically, Kenny can't die. Yeah. And he ends up coming back as a Nazi zombie Princess Kenny. No! (laughs) There really is only one solution. Uh, You gotta break the rule? You have to break the one rule. The international gentleman's rule. The gentleman's rule. Ugh. And he has to fart on Nazi zombie Princess Kenny's balls. Ugh. Again, the things I have to fucking say. If you do this sequence while you're skinned as David Hasselhoff, which is a skin you can unlock, (laughs) you unlock the achievement Facehoff. (laughs) Facehoff. Oh, I love this game. It's so good. Yes. So in the game, there's Tom's rhinoplasty, and you can buy the face of David Hasselhoff. And your face is just David Hasselhoff's for the rest of the fucking game if you buy this face. (laughs) That's your life now. Anyways, back to where we were. Farting on some balls. So if you fart on Princess Kenny Nazi Zombie's balls, it turns everybody that was a Nazi zombie back into a real person. Oh. And the town is rebooted to recover. I love it. The alien ship is gone and the mall is being rebuilt. And all is well in South Park. That's beautiful. So the kids decide to go to the lake to throw the stick of truth into it. Because fuck that. Because it's just causing too much trouble. So they take half a second of quiet contemplation before asking, so what do you guys want to play next? Aww. And then they look to the new kid and they ask, all right, new kid, since you are the new guy, what do you want to play? And Mm. for the first time in the game, you are prompted to speak. (gasps) So you hit the button to speak and it says, screw you guys. I'm going home. A perfect fucking game. The end. Perfect fucking game. Oh. So satisfying. So fucking good. That's so good. Oh, I haven't played this in a long time, but now I kind of want to. <laughs> it's so fun. Like, it's such right? so immersive. It's so fucking funny. You really feel like you are living a South Park episode. And it's not super easy. There are some puzzles that are challenging. Like, it's Absolutely. not for kids. No. I mean, nothing about this is no. for children. <laughs> That's fair. Which is nice, because they made it just challenging enough that, like, Adults are not going to get bored with this game. Yeah. I thought the combat in this game was just perfection. I loved everything about it. I thought this was so much fun. As a South Park fan, as a JRPG fan, just in general, this was a perfectly executed game. Totally. And it feels so unique against other RPGs that are coming out. Absolutely. And here's the thing is like, I played this game. I felt this way the first time playing it. And I was like, all right, now we've got Fractured Butthole, which is the sequel to this game. And I was like, okay, I'm sure it's going to be fine. It's better. Somehow it's better. I was just going to say like. Holy shit, it's better too. I've played Fractured Butthole more than once. I think I've only played Stick of Truth once. Yeah. But I've picked up Fractured Butthole more than once because it's so fucking fun. I bought it for the Switch just because mm-hmm. we had it on the PlayStation. We played both of these on the PlayStation. But I was like, if I'm ever stuck somewhere and I have the Switch, I'd really want to pick this up. This is fun. Yeah. And Stick of Truth, I, I like anybody that loves RPGs, anybody that loves South Park, start on Stick of Truth because it truly is fan-fucking-tastic. Absolutely. If you just like gaming, yeah. this is a 
great fucking game. It is a wonderful RPG. It is a wonderful game. They executed it damn near perfectly. And I, I have no complaints about this game. And again, Trey Parker won best performance of this game <laughs> over Kevin Spacey, who's yeah. an actual ass actor. And Troy Baker, who voices everything. <laughs> He's literally Mr. Fucking voiceover. You've heard his name many times on this show. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I just, I really appreciate that he won this award for doing a character he's done for, what, 25 fucking years? <laughs> he obviously deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> he's got it down by now. It's kind of a lifetime achievement award at this point. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I am sad that this didn't win Best RPG because it's so unique. And uh, to your point, yeah, the game functionality is so good. Yeah. And they were pressured by both the game studio and by the um, Comedy Central to tie the game into like an episode and stuff. Totally. And they kind of refused to. You talk about how like the... Um, the Black Friday episodes are kind of a prequel lead up to it, but nothing that happens in that relates to the game. There's more of a tie in with Fractured Butthole in the in the show. Yeah, if anything. Frankly. Uh, because that goes into the superhero mythology that they've created in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than costumes, the storyline's completely separate from the TV show. Yes, it's it ends where it started. Nobody that dies in the game is going to be like missed in the TV series yeah. and stuff like that. So it's totally fine. But that's how the show's always operated. They'll they right. have no problem killing off peripheral characters. Yeah, they've been in fourth grade for twenty fucking years. They <laughs> they have to reset at the end of each adventure. Yeah, and so I know like before when I said they had eight hundred and fifty page for the original script, a lot of that did not make it into this, and a lot of the stuff they wanted from that, and a lot of stuff from that first trailer does end up making it into Fractured Butthole. Yeah. Yeah. They might have learned their lesson by then of like, <laughs> damn, we did kind of tease something sick and then we just didn't fucking do it. Yeah. So I, you know, like I said, Stick of Truth's a damn near perfect game. And then it was improved upon. And then they somehow improved upon it. So like I'm excited to do Fractured Butthole as another episode later. But I was so excited to do this episode today. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. Just puts a smile on my face. It right? makes me happy. Love South Park. Love if it. you are not a South Park fan, you are missing out. Or you're too young for it and listen to your parents and don't watch it until you're older. Or just watch it in secret. Yeah. Yeah. We're encouraging really good behavior. <laughs> the podcast told me to. <laughs> Tell me about Mr. Hanky. Yeah. Oh, man. We didn't even get into Mr. Hanky, really. And like, yeah, he, he shows up in here. You got to go into the sewers and ah. do a whole adventure with a piece of poop. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great fucking game. It is a great fucking game. Highly recommend it. Like, no joke. Like, you will not be disappointed with this one. Absolutely. Highly recommend. All right, Goombas, that is another episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. It's always so much fun doing this. If you have a favorite game, please let us know. We are looking for more games to play and to cover. Um, all of our email information is in the show notes below. Always, always. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Would you kindly leave us a review? Haha, <laughs> that counts as a bio shot. Take a bio shot. And a desperate plug. Kids. Sorry. No, no, kids. Don't take a bio shot, kids. I do not want to be blamed for encouraging. Oh, you're like, yeah, we'll play with poop and fucking watch the most horrendous show on her find your parents back, but I draw the line at wine coolers. Yes. A bio <laughs> shot of wine coolers. Everyone's drinking seltzers nowadays. You never know. But thank you all so much. We appreciate you very much. Bye. Bye. Shiro